0: Let let me pray for us as we begin. Our Heavenly Father, we come before You and we thank You that You have not left us without instruction, not left us without direction, but You have given to us direction in Your Word. And we see first and foremost our example of what to be as, as fathers from You. We learn also what to be as mothers from You, not because You present yourself as mother, but because mothers are made by you and all the, the tenderness, all of the, the comfort that we associate with our mothers, we know comes from you. We pray that you would uh, help us to focus now on our role, um, the tools that you've given us and what we can expect from our children in the, in the first few years of their life. We ask that you would guide our discussion, that our minds would be united, and that we would we'd have a single mind as we approach these things. Not that we are all uh, duplicates of one another, and not that we all do exactly the same thing, but there is a similarity that makes us one, and we pray for that as a body. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to finish up our discussion from last week, and then we will move into this week, uh, which is the sheet titled, The First Two Years. So last week we were discussing the tools that God has given us in parenting. For the sake of time, I'm not going to review all of that. We're just going to pick up in uh, under B, how can I effectively use the rod Number two, use the rod to bring your child to repentance. So, everyone find that. Capital B. How can I use the rod effectively? Number two, use the rod to bring your children to repentance. That's, I believe, where we left off? Okay, good. All right so how can i use the rod effectively use the rod whenever foolishness is involved and then second use the rod to bring your child to repentance what we are modeling for our children is what they will have as a default for their own spiritual life uh, i don't know about you guys but for me i had to relearn learn what biblical repentance was because what i had learned as a child was not what I found in scripture for myself. So repentance for me was almost a brand new thing. It was a totally new concept because I'd never seen it before. I didn't get that. I thought dad got angry or I pushed the limits and then I got in trouble and then everything was fine. Well, not quite. We want to bring our children to repentance. What does repentance mean? What does repentance mean? Uh, this shouldn't be a new concept for you guys. Repentance is to turn, to turn, and to go in the right direction. To turn and go in a different direction. Okay? So we want them to repent. Now, when we're talking about basic disobedience, like you said, don't touch, and they touched, what does repentance look like? It means to just stop touching. That's pretty much it. But we want to bring them through that. We don't just want to punish them for doing something wrong. We want to make sure that they learn to do what is right. So A, as long as they are resisting your will, they have not repented. As long as they are resisting your will, they have not repented. Now I say this because so much of discipline that goes on is a clash of wills and the child is never brought into ceasing their resistance. If you bring your child into the room to give them a a spanking and the whole time they're kicking and screaming, there's new sin, new rebellion that's going on. And if after you give them a spanking, they're screaming and pitching a fit and rolling all over the place, they're still resisting your will. And so you want to use the rod not just to discipline them, but to actually bring them to repentance. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this in this week's lesson, uh, but let me let me so let me be brief here. B. Until they submit to your will, they have not repented, okay? So not only if they're continuing to resist your will, they haven't repented, but until they begin to submit to your will, they haven't repented. So we want, when we're disciplining them, uh, we want to test them. We want to see whether or not they're now submissive, okay? Okay? So, if uh, and this will look differently at different stages of their life, but if my two-year-old, say, just touched the, uh, I don't know, the the switch that turns the fireplace on or something like that and they're not supposed to touch it, probably you don't want to just give them a swat and then take them out of the room and never find out whether or not they're going to touch the switch. Probably better than that is to keep them close enough to the switch to see if now they're going to obey. Now I know I think built into every mom is the inclination to just remove the temptation altogether, get them out of there because you don't wanna have to deal with it, right? I mean, just let's be honest, you don't wanna have to keep disciplining them. But here's the thing, if they're touching that switch and you take them out of the room, did they learn to not touch that switch? maybe, maybe not. So better than removing them entirely from the temptation is to keep them close enough to the temptation to see whether or not they'll obey. So if uh, I'll give you the example that I remember from, from uh, Aiden, the first time I ever had to discipline one of my children is he, he was grabbing my glasses. I was holding him in my arms and he started to grab my glasses. I said, no touch, no touch. And he pulled back a little bit but then he decided no I really do want to grab those. So I just gave him a little flick on his finger. No touch. You know, big big lip, he's about to start crying. But then what I what I saw was I gave him the flick and I saw this his hand begin to open. He knew, like he knew how to not touch. He knew how to let go. So I I left him there. I kept him here. I could have said no touch and then put him somewhere else and then he wouldn't touch my glasses because he couldn't touch my glasses. But I kept him there long enough so that he could look at my glasses and kind of decide. <laughs> and that that was make me trying to make sure that he was submitting to my will. Okay. Now there's definitely situations where you don't you do want to remove them from the temptation. There maybe the knife drawer, things like that. Just you don't want to mess with it. But in general, your, your goal in disciplining them is making sure that they have submitted to your will. So train your children to receive discipline submissively. Um, uh, I don't want to, I'm going to skip this uh, for now. Let's go to number three, because we're going to come back to some of it. Uh, let me just say this. I'm not going to explain it all. And say this, when you discipline your children, you can expect them to submit to your discipline. So what it, what it looks like, what you can train them to do is they touch something. Uh, I'll just give you an example. Uh, Elizabeth, please go and get me the whacker. Elizabeth goes and gets me the whacker. She comes back to me, gives me the whacker. Hold out your hand. Daddy told you not to do that. She holds out her hand, I give her a swat. She doesn't scream out, she doesn't cry out, I give her a hug. What did daddy tell you not to do? Don't touch that. Okay, daddy loves you, now go play. Done, that's it. That's the. That's a picture of what I mean by bring them to repentance. It's not, I'm mad so I'm gonna hit you. Uh, and it's not just a, I warned you, and now you're going to pay the price. It's, do you understand what I told you to do? You weren't doing it. Now I want you to do it. And that's it. Okay, number three. I'm going to come back to that later. I'll try to explain more of what I mean there. Number three, use a hierarchy of rods. Use a hierarchy of rods. This is what I mean. Do not. It's not all one level. For everything no matter what, you're gonna get a spanking on the bum, and that's it. That that's that's not gonna be helpful. Have a hierarchy of rods. So a flick when the when the, the little You know, when that little hand is like the size of your thumb, a little flick is enough. You got their attention. It hurt them. They understand what you're talking about. A little pinch on the hand, a pinch on the arm, uh, a pinch on the inner thigh. All of these are effective means just a quick pain that gets their attention. Uh, A swat on the hand. One of the questions um, that, we, that we'll probably get to is, is how to deal with older kids and how do you deal with a situation where you know they need to be disciplined but the risk of having a, a bruise or a mark on them is so high that you don't want to swat them on the bum? A swat on the hand. You can swat really hard on the hand and it hurts. And it not, never leaves a bruise. I've never seen a bruise on the hand unless they flailed or something and got hit somewhere else. But if you hold their hand in place and give them a swat on the hand, it's not going to bruise. Then you can have the, the swat on the, the bum. You, you might have a, uh, you might, I don't like ever spanking with the, the shorts on because you have to swat so hard that it almost seems uh, violent, too forceful. If it's bare skin you can swat a lot lighter and it's gonna hurt now that's totally my preference don't I'm not telling you you need to or shouldn't or whatever Um, but you have that hierarchy of rods so that they know okay this is a small thing or this is a big thing so that you can differentiate okay when uh, when God disciplines us there are some disciplines that are just Small. They're, they're momentary. It's a pang of guilt. You go and deal with it. It's over. There's other consequences where you have a child out of wedlock. The consequence is it, it's forever. It's forever. There's some consequences that are major. There's some consequences that are small. And we want something similar in our rods. As you get uh, into things like grounding or withholding permission for things, giving them restrictions and things like that, same thing, have a variation of rods so that it's not one size fits all and they don't learn the difference between things. Number four, use exponential growth use exponential growth. Okay, don't say every time you're mean to your brother you're going to get a spanking. So he's mean to his brother and he gets a spanking. He's mean to his brother, he gets a spanking. He's mean to his brother, he gets a spanking. He means it and it goes on and on. Frankly, being mean to brother is so gratifying that it's worth one spanking. It's it's worth it. Okay, they won't be mean again until it's worth it. They might get 10 or 20 spankings and nothing change because they do it 10 or 20 times. Instead, say, say, don't be mean to your brother. That's it. Don't threaten them. Say, don't be mean to their brother. The first time they're mean to your brother, give them one spanking. The next time they're mean to their brother, give them two spankings. And then tell them, if it happens again, it's going to be four. And then all of a sudden, you know, the eyes get big. See the exponential growth, one, two, four, eight, 16. And they're thinking, 16, I'm going to (laughs) die. What was that? They will not die. If you strike them with the rod, they will not die. But that's what they're thinking. They're forced to think about the future, which is wisdom. Think about the future. Think about what's coming. Okay? So don't use the, the uh, arithmetic progression, the one and one and one and one and one. Do the exponential growth because it gets their attention. Same thing works with push-ups. I do that in school. Hey, 10, ten push-ups. If it happens again, it's 20. So is it 30 after that? No, it's 40. Wait, wait, wait. And, okay, all right. uh, There's this fear as they think about, oh my goodness, they really mean business. This is serious, I better stop. So use exponential growth, okay? It also makes your life a lot easier because you see the end in sight as well. As long as you can do math. (laughs) Just double. Double, double, okay? Now I say start with one, you start with two and go to four. You do whatever you want. I'm just saying, don't do the one isn't enough. I've been spanking him all day and it hasn't done anything. Because if you get one spanking an hour, you get 12 spankings during the day, almost anyone can handle that. But if you say you're getting 10 spankings right now, everyone's kind of, oh, that's a lot. Fearful and we we want we want them to take it seriously all right number five Uh, use the rod before you are frustrated use the rod before you're frustrated this is what Jeremy was mentioning uh, two weeks ago if you wait until you're frustrated it almost always means that you waited too long you're getting angry why are you getting angry because they're doing what you told them not to So why haven't you disciplined them? Use the rod before you're frustrated. And when you get frustrated, recognize that you blew it. You should have gone earlier. All of us do it. Just let that be kind of a clue. Like, okay, uh, let me think back in the day. Oh, yeah, this is the seventh time I asked them to pick it up, and they didn't pick it up. All right, so probably the first time is when I should have done it. Make sense? simple but important number six i say use the rod with ease <laughs> make using the rod easy make it easy for yourself as i mentioned um keep keep uh, whacker or whatever you want to use i have a little whacker it's a little piece of uh kind of rubberish i don't even know what it it's like cloth with glue on it basically anyway oh there we go stacy's got one it 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 fits nicely in your pocket. It can, even if you're, if uh, Wendell, where's Wendell? Oh, Wendell's not here. It would fit in Wendell's Bible because he has the big large print edition. <laughs> I'm just teasing him, but you, you could put it in a Bible, whatever. The point is make it accessible. Ladies, you can put it right in your purse. You always have it with you. Um, and it's nice because they know when that comes out, there's only one purpose for that. It's not the wooden spoon. Maybe they're making brownies. No, I'm getting a spanking. <laughs> it's just simple and straightforward. And then I highly recommend that you keep them accessible. Because when you're, when you're on the couch enjoying the game and they need a spanking, why get up? <laughs> I'm, I, I tease, keep it accessible because once they, once they can go and get it for you, well, here's what happens. Go, please go and get me the, the whacker. They have to walk over and get it. Now, right away, you know whether or not you're dealing with a totally rebellious child or a child who just needs to be instructed. You're learning from that. And what are they thinking in their mind as they go to get it? And they act, they have a chance to come to repentance, like to themselves recognize, oh no, I did it. You know, I did what daddy told me not to do or I I was disobedient or I was mean. Or they have a chance to start conniving. It wasn't me, it was him, it was his fault. So they have all of that and then they bring it to you and you can easily discipline them. Now make it as easy as possible. Because what are, what are the expectations of God for us? He expects us to be diligent. And diligence is hard work. It's hard enough to do it. Don't add the burden of, I have one and I keep it in a safe in my room. And every time you have to discipline, you have to go back to the room, find it, come out. It's this huge ordeal. Make it simple and easy so that you can be diligent. Okay uh what's one of the one of the tips for artists as they're starting naomi if you want to practice your sketching what do you need to do you need to carry around a sketchbook always have paper and pencil available so if an idea comes to your mind you can do it right so the same with parenting always have it accessible so that you can do it when it's needed don't make it difficult. So use the rod with ease. Uh, I, I recommend having an instrument reserved as a rod. That's not a rule. Sometimes a, a, pla- a plastic ruler works, sometimes a wooden spoon, sometimes a spatula, sometimes a belt. Y- you choose all of that, but I'd recommend having something reserved so that they know exactly what it is and exactly when it's time to use it. Yeah, that's a question that got brought up last week. What about the hand? Should we always avoid the hand? I can't say you should always avoid the hand, but it does make sense to me that it's not the hand. For a couple of reasons, practically I know to get it to hurt the way it should, I have to really hit hard with my hand. And I don't like that at all, because when you're coming, when you're coming down to spank, uh, spank them on the bum, if you have to hit them so hard it's going to knock them over, this just doesn't seem right. Like, I don't, I don't like the way this feels at all. Um, now I'm worried that they might fall over, that I might cause damage to them that lasts um, but sometimes that's all you've got. <laughs> and so just use it carefully. Um, but in general, I just find it's a lot easier that, that you have an instrument dedicated for that. Have several of them. Scatter them around your house. Keep one in your purse. Keep one in the car. Uh, I think Pastor Jeremy has one in his desk drawer. Uh, is that true? Sometimes anyway. Um, so have them accessible. All of this, what's the goal? The goal is to make it easy so that you can do it and be diligent with it, and it's not a huge burden. All right. Uh, do I have a number seven on your sheet? No. I've got a whole page on number seven. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, yeah. I was going to say one other motivation not to use the hand is that you don't want them... To- your hand, you know, so
1: like, you know, if they do something wrong or something like that, you don't
0: want them like this, you know, you go to, you know, flinching, them yeah, I, I, you may very well be right, that makes sense to me, if, if people do use their hand, I don't want them to feel like that's wrong or you shouldn't do that, um, but I, I totally get what you're saying, all right, let's look at the first two years, the first two years skip A. That's the review. You can read it later. B. Uh, This is the first two years. This week we're going to look at basic goals for the first two years and how to accomplish them. We there? Everyone there? Okay. All right. Let me say uh, just by way of preface a couple of things. I'm going to, what these are these aren't laws. These aren't rules. These aren't, if you're going to be a godly parent, you must do these things. These are my recommendations of what I think are attainable, realistic goals for your child's second birthday. All of these, I believe, are perfectly attainable, uh, minus, minus special needs, okay? minus uh, the extremes. These are perfectly attainable. Okay. Uh, second, second, I've left all kinds of stuff out. As I went through this, I had to limit it. We, we, it would take six weeks to get through it all. Um, I've left a number of things out. I haven't addressed eating. I haven't addressed sleeping, and those are big issues that you're going to face. I haven't addressed all kinds of specific uh, issues of obedience. These are what I believe are are the most foundational or principial issues that you can then use to feed into dozens of other areas so these are the ones i I chose that i think they're going to be um uh, foundational for you okay now all of these are i believe attainable by your child's second birthday and i know many of you have children that are above their second birthday it's not too late to start and don't take this as a scolding. You should have had this done. I'm thinking of the, child, the parent with a newborn. W- what are my goals? What, am, what can I reasonably expect to achieve? And, and so that's what this is, all right? Uh, what, to, what to aim for at the second birthday and how to achieve it. Number one, for your child to hold still on the changing table. All right. Moms know probably the first area of rebellion. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm starting too quickly. When do I start this? When do I start this? When do I begin? You can begin dealing with this as soon as they can roll over. And even really a week or two before because they're starting to try to roll over. So begin when they can roll over. How long will it take to achieve this? That's the time. It's going to take one day to a few weeks. A lot of children, first time you do it, they're going to learn it. It's all done. Some kids will take five, six, seven times to learn it. So somewhere from one day to a few weeks, it's going to take you to get this done. How to train them. How to train them. As soon as your child can control his body, guess what he's going to do with his body? Use it to rebel against you. (laughs) that's absolutely what they're going to do now why don't they rebel against you when they're they're newborns because they don't have any control of their body none but as soon as they can control it they're going to begin using it to thwart you they're going to use it to rebel against you to cast off your ruler or your leadership what was that Oh yeah, biting, yeah, biting's another one I don't have on here. Um, So you know that they're gonna rebel. Now, while you're trying to change the diaper, guess what they wanna be doing? Something else. But you've made it clear to them I want you to sit here and I want you to lift your legs up now or, or open your legs so that I can clean you, put the new diaper on, et cetera. So what are they going to do to resist you? Usually it's two things. They're going to try to roll over or they're going to try to stiffen their legs so that you can't open them to, to clean up and put the new diaper on. So when you start seeing those, either of those things, and maybe you've seen other things as well, but those are the common ones when they do that use your voice firmly say no no and then move their legs back to where they're supposed to be or move them back on their back tell them no firmly okay now you might do that a couple two three times it's up to you how many times you do it once you're confident they've heard no they know you don't like it but they're still doing it then you want to give them a, a quick swat on their leg uh, that might be a time where the hand is is plenty. You can just give them a little whack on their thigh. You could give them a little pinch on their thigh, but a sWAT seems to be you know pretty quick and, and kind of jarring for them. So as soon as they start to stiffen their legs or roll over, you tell them no, and if they keep doing it, then you can give them a sWAT. And if you're diligent on this, you're, you're, here's what's going to happen: is your child will now understand, and you understand that they understand. No. Now when you say no, they know it means something. There's a stop and what is it? Even if it's something completely different, when you say no, there's this association. I need to figure out what that means. And once you say no and they don't roll over, have a, a celebration. They obeyed you for the first time. I mean, That's a big deal. They obeyed you because they wanted to roll over, and they chose not to. So that's huge. Why does this matter? It's probably, not always, but it's probably going to be the first area of rebellion in your child's life. So you want to make sure you get it. And second, it will teach them the meaning of no. They'll learn the meaning of the word no. Second, that's, the, that's easy. Second. For your child to under, understand and obey, no touch. When do you begin this? Begin this when they begin to crawl or scoot. Maybe sooner. I don't remember if Aiden was crawling when I was holding him and he was grabbing my glasses. Once they begin to move their hands deliberately, then you can start to teach them no touch. Okay. Uh, how long will this take? It'll take a few days to a month or so. depending on how uh, diligent you are and how stubborn they are, how to train them. Begin with an object that's clearly defined, such as a wall plate, maybe on the wall, uh, you know, a socket, a lamp stand, a trash can. You can even if you're if you're bold enough, you can even have one ball that is a no touch just for the purpose of training. Just to train them. So they play with all their toys, but there's this one ball. That's the the test, the training ball. That's a no touch. You can if you want to do that. But pick something that's easily identified. They know when they touch it. It's, it's, it's not vague or ambiguous, but concrete. And when they're about to touch it, you tell them, no touch. No touch. That's it. Now the first time, you're going to have to teach them what it means. So if they touch it, I'd say it's the Bible, This my Bible here. They're about to touch it. I say, no touch. If they touch it, then I can just move their hand away and say, if you can hold it firmly so that they know you mean business. I, I said, no touch. Then you can let go of their hand and guess what they want to do? They want to touch it. Now, as soon as you're confident, they know they're not supposed to do it and they're going to do it anyway, you can discipline them. They're rebelling. They're, dis- they're disobeying you. Then, as soon as they touch it, you give their fingers a, a, a quick swat or a flick on their hand or a pinch on their hand, and now they they're gonna probably cry, you know, and and they're gonna move their hand away. Don't remove them from the temptation just yet. Let them try to touch it again, and I I I, I just. I think two, maybe three times, if you do it right in a row, is all it's going to take. Now they know what no touch means. okay? Uh, one second, Jeremy. Um, so, oh yeah, and make sure you use your voice. Um, so I know some of you some of you moms are so gentle, so comforting and and sweet. That you know, no, no touch, yeah. no, and th- and that that actually confuses them. Say it firmly, kind of use a mean voice. You might feel like you're being mean. No, Daddy said no. Do not touch. And that voice, they learn that voice means business. So make sure you change your voice so that they hear it. Um, all right, Jeremy.
1: Oh, just quick other tip that you don't have to do, but can be helpful is. Um, there's a whole thing of baby sign language, and we didn't mm. learn many, but we got one for no touch. The, the help with that being you're engaging as many of their senses as possible, and then from across a room, you can say, Eliana, she looks at you, no touch, and you do the sign. Sign and, language. And so those are other things if you want help yeah. you can look into. We only taught our kids maybe four or five signs, mm. but they were really useful.
0: Yeah, good. Good, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so from then on... From then on, once they know what no touch means, you've, you've, you've disciplined them at least a few times. From then on, whenever you say no touch, you have to follow it up. You must follow it up. Because if you told them no touch and they went ahead and did it anyway, now what have you taught them? I can do whatever I want. I don't know what it means now. So they touch it and you don't do anything then they're totally confused about what no touch means. But if, from then on, once you've said no touch, every time they touch something, so you have to be careful about what you say it to. You, you really do. You have to think. Uh, but when you say no touch, from then on, whenever they touch it, you've got to immediately follow up. Think about this. You and I can think about what we did last week easily. We can think about how our bad attitude from five days ago actually started in the morning and it developed. And we can analyze all that past stuff. Their their memory span is like this. It's like 30 seconds or something. And so you have to be right on it. And sometimes as a dad, you you know they did something that they shouldn't, but it was five minutes ago and you just decide, okay, I can't. I can't do it because I don't think that they're going to have any connection to what they just did. So be on them. And when you say no touch, take it seriously. Make sure that you follow that up. And they're quickly going to learn uh, not to touch. If you're diligent with a couple of objects, you're going to be able to apply it to anything very quickly. Very helpful. This is actually one of the things I'd highly recommend for grandparents to know as well because when you have grandkids coming over they know your rules and if you have a couple of no touches just enforce those they'll respect those you might have to give them a flick or a pinch or whatever whatever you guys are comfortable with you know with the the uh, their parents Um, but you can apply that reinforce what mom and dad are trying to teach at home and it'll be a big help for you so that your grandkids aren't running the place ragged
1: could you speak to uh, the issue of warnings or counting to three or some of those other things that many of us slip into?
0: Don't do it. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> Why not? Um, all right. So, yeah, this is, this is good. Um, if I say don't, uh, if I say, well, no, no, no. Actually, you know what, Jeremy? That's under D. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's under D. For your child to come promptly when you call them. So let me, can I defer? Okay, remind me if I don't bring it up then. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. What do I mean by be careful what you say no touch to? Um, they're in the store and they're not in your arms and they're not in the, in the basket. And you say no touch to the whole aisle. How are you going to enforce that? So be careful what you say. No touch to now. They might go up to something they, you know, the glasses or something, or the uh, cups. I'm thinking of, you know, those glasses, and they're about to touch them. You might say no touch to that. But don't don't command more than you can enforce. Does that makes sense. Don't command more than you can enforce, and you're and more than you're willing to follow up with. Or, or I throw out there's something that you. In the future, want them to touch. Like yeah. Your glasses. Go get, me, go get me my glasses. <laughs> 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 they probably won't remember when they're. You know, it's, it's amazing. They, they just now know, like default, no, I can't touch those glasses. Um, but okay, so anyway, yeah, uh, th- and think about what, um, uh, what you can do at that moment. So make sure that you can follow up with it. All right uh why does this matter uh for why this matters it's one of the most frequently used commands in the early years i mean really what do you say more often than don't touch so common and then also it's one of the keys to being able to have them out in public if you can't trust them to obey no touch you must restrain them in the cart at all times, and you have to keep objects away from them all the time. You have to have locks on all your doors and child protective things around all your appliances and whatnot. Now, you can go down that route if you want. It's not that that's wrong, but you can avoid all of that stuff if they just learn this simple no-touch. All right, number uh, C. C, and we'll finish with this one. For your child to make it through 30 minutes of blanket time. For your child to make it through 30 minutes of blanket time. How many of you have heard of blanket time before? Okay, a good amount of you. Um, This is what you do, okay? Oh, sorry, when do I begin? Begin once they can sit up. Once they can sit up on on their own, you can begin at any time. It's not the day they sit up, you better have them on blanket time. But that's a rough idea of when you can start doing that. Uh, And how long does it take? Uh, It could be, really, it could be a few minutes or it could be a few weeks, okay? Here's how you train them. Uh, Set your child on a blanket, something like 30 by 30, a small blanket, but enough that they can move um, a little bit around on it. Set them on a blanket with some books and quiet toys, okay? You put them on the blanket and then you set a a timer, uh, maybe five minutes, maybe 10, depends on how bold you are. (laughs) You set your timer, and then say repeatedly, you have to use your words to instruct them, say repeatedly, it's blanket time. We're gonna stay on the blanket. It's blanket time. I love blanket time. Do you like blanket time? It's blanket time. I mean, it's, it's, it's silly, but you just keep saying it over and over because what are they hearing? Blanket time, blanket time, blanket time, and guess what they're associating it with? What they're doing physically at that time. So you're telling them it's blanket time. Now, they'll probably be happy a couple of minutes because you gave them toys and books. But once they finish the book and they've thrown the toys off of the blanket, what are they gonna wanna do? They're gonna wanna get off the blanket. That's when they learn what blanket time is. (laughs) (laughs) So when they make a motion to get off, when they make a motion to get off the blanket, then you're gonna, no, Stay on your blanket. It's blanket time. And then what you do is you point to the blanket and you say, blanket time. Stay on the blanket. And then you point to the floor and you say, no touch. No touch. Because they already know what no touch means. Now, as soon as they touch the floor, what are you going to do? Give them a little flick. Give them a little swat. And now they know. Oh, don't go there. Now, I don't know what they're thinking, but what I do know is they know I can't touch the floor, (laughs) so they're on a little island. They've got their blanket. Now, be gracious with them. The first couple of times you do it, if they threw their toys off, bring them back to them so that they don't get too bored. They're not, you know, crushed by the weight of blanket time. Bring them back, but then tell them, don't throw them, keep your toys here. Um and 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 uh the first time you do it hover hover you're just you're i mean if you go around the corner that's fine but then you're peeking around the corner to see if they're going to stay on it once you do that for the first 5 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever you think is best then at the end of the timer, you can celebrate with them. All done with blanket time. Blanket time's over. Good job. That was fun. I love blanket time. Do you love blanket? This is great. Let me give you kisses and hugs. And you're, you're loving on them. Okay? Now, the next time that you do it, They're going to right away know already what it means, and they may start to fuss immediately (laughs) because they know what it means. So then that's fine. Let them fuss. At this stage, you're not worried about that. Uh, Stay relatively nearby the first couple of times so that if they crawl off the blanket, you're there to quickly give them a, a spanking, a swat, whatever is appropriate, move them back to the blanket, do not get off, no touch, you go around the whole thing. Now they get it. So repeat that um, until the timer goes off. Now, why do this? It is a free 30-minute babysitter. Once you teach your child, and I think probably 18 months is plenty, uh, you've got a built-in babysitter. So you need to take a shower what are you going to do? They're going to put them in the pen and whatever. Just put, put, put the blanket out, give them a couple toys. You got the shower, you come back, they're still on the blanket. This is glorious. It is a relief for you because it gives you some rest. Okay. So also, the other reason it matters is it will prepare them to sit still in church, which is huge. Uh, and it provides a time of rest for you. Okay, we're going to stop there. Let me just tell you what we have coming next week. These are the other three that I'm going to talk about. Goals for your child's second birthday. That your child would promptly come when you call them. You can, and I think you should, teach your child to come immediately, promptly, whenever you call them. Well, what a blessing it is when they're running into the street and you say, come here, and they do a 180 and come back to you. And you know their life was endangered. What a blessing that is. Uh, Then we're going to cover for your child to silently sit on your lap through the church service. By the time they're two, totally attainable. Totally attainable. I'll I'll walk you through how. And then last, uh, for your child to be able to stop themselves from crying aloud. You can teach your child to stop crying. And we're going to talk about that. Okay, that will be for next week. Jeremy has one more point.
1: I just want to say um, that the blanket time thing, I'd never heard of that till I met the foils. And i we had a friend, he had six kids before they were 30. They came over to our two-bedroom apartment and he went upstairs, took his four youngest, put a blanket down in the middle of our extra bedroom and I'll be darned if they just sat there quietly and played nicely. And my jaw dropped and I was like, What type of wizardry is this? And and I know with my own kids, which kids we've spent time being diligent to train this with, and which ones haven't. And and so, if you, you, the biggest thing I'd say is you got to be focused. I know with all of our kids, we. This is the week we're going to teach so and so blanket time. It's sort of a team effort, but it is such a tremendous gift for my wife because she can put a kid somewhere and not have to worry about are they playing with the blender, you yeah. know, or whatever.
0: Right. Or when you're using the blender, they can be in the kitchen near you, and yeah. you're not worried about them getting into trouble somewhere else. And
1: I also know which kids we were very yeah. inconsistent with in teaching it, and which ones didn't learn it. So the, the biggest thing I'd say is, is get together, focus on it, and this is the week we're doing this, because you got to be zealous. Because if sometimes they put their hand over the edge, because they'll test you, sometimes they get away with it, sometimes they don't. They'll keep thinking, I'll roll the dice and see if this is one of those times I get away with it. You gotta teach them every single time, I go over the edge of this blanket, something negative happens. Okay. Once they learn that, they'll, like the elephant with the rope, they'll just stay on it. Yeah.
0: Just one more thing, because that's a great example. This is not, you better be doing this. You have to do this. All godly parents do this. This in particular, this is a suggestion that I think will bless you tremendously. It'll just give you a little bit of freedom. That's what, th- these are the suggestions, recommendations, not new laws. Let me pray for us and let you go. Thank you, Father, for the children that you have entrusted to us. We pray that you would help us to learn to be faithful stewards of these precious lives that you've given us. Remind us that they are made in your image, that they are designed to bear the image of your son, Jesus Christ, and help us in these little ways uh, in their, their first years to prepare them to be like Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen.